Welcome to the High Level Podcast. My name is Kevin Hasey, property beat writer for the Union Tribune, Jay Post, sports editor for the Union Tribune. Today, uh, Thursday, these, these Monday and Wednesday uh, series, sometimes, babe, they play the day on a, on a Wednesday and then they're home. It makes me feel like today's a Monday for some reason, because like Wednesday, yesterday seemed like a Sunday to me. But anyway, it doesn't matter what day of the week the Padres win. They win every day of the week, Jay, because they've won six in a row and nine of 10. How you doing? I don't know. You just stole my opening line. That was, I know. That's that's very good. Uh, but I have the opening, so I have the option. And you and, get to do I'm that. The it's, there. You know, it's, it's your. As I've said many times, it's your world. We're just living in it. So yes, sir. But Jay, no, every, you were there yesterday. Is, I was. It was my my not my first visit to the ballpark, but my it was about my eighth or ninth game I've seen in person. But the first time I was lucky enough to be able to sit next to you in the press box and talk back and forth and. To talk a little ball and whatever else and it was a uh it was it was quite the show yesterday and and uh, as i said to you toward the end of the game and as you had in your story today you know on any other day jake cronenworth hits a inside the park home run uh especially joe musgrove two hit balls shut out over seven innings 11 strikeouts just looked tremendous and it felt like they were just mere footnotes because if it's anybody's world it's fernando tatis jr's world and he showed it Yesterday, he comes back, you know, solid single up the middle, his first time up, bombs a home run into the the Phil Nevin seats out in uh, deepest right center, you know, over the permanent wall out there, which is quite a poke. I think they said it was 415. Yes. Uh, it seemed every bit of uh, every bit of that. And then uh, a couple of doubles his next time up, and there was that brief anticipation in the uh, in the bottom of the eighth where the ball went down the line and you just, and we have a really good view from our seats in the press box of where it was headed. And you just hoped for a crazy bounce because otherwise you're not going to get a triple on a ball into that corner. Uh, but unfortunately no crazy bounce and he had to settle for, for just a mere four for four day. Uh, but it was obviously, and, and the crowd, I mean, the, it's such a, an energy when, I mean, he, he ran out on the field, you know, around one, just around one o'clock to, to do a couple sprints in the outfield and people were cheering and, you know, the cheers just got louder as the, uh, as the game went on. Although I will admit, I don't know that any cheer was louder than the, as Cronenworth was rounding the bases. There's <laughs> well, that's like the most exciting the play there is. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. I would have been so disappointed if your guy, Bobby Dickerson hadn't sent no chance Cronenworth, but it, you knew that no he chance. was going to do it. And even though he slowed up around third base, um, which was really odd. He still scored without a throw. So it was. Anyway. It was like he was like he was out of. It was like he was out of breath. I'm like, is he going to make it? What just happened? Why? What's happening? Right. Why are you slowing but down? You have to keep up. going. We don't get to see this happen. Let's go. Not even uh, a throw home. So no, uh, didn't even didn't even bother. And it helped that Charlie Blackman is completely, uh, basically hopeless right now between injury yes. and whatever else he's doing out there, but uh, it shows you that like battling injury, it can mess with your brain because who knows what he was doing, chasing that ball that hit off the base of the wall. And then it was just really, really interesting that play, but Hey, that's how, that's how inside the park home runs happen. They don't yeah. just, you know, go out there and sit in the outfield. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you said it, Jay, you said it's Fernando's uh, world. And you can look at this series and you say, as I wrote in the newsletter today, you could say, wow, really good pitching. Okay, great. One run to a major league team in three games. That's a terrible major league team. Both uh, And basically, as, as, as uh, Jay Stingler might say, uh, you know, the Padres are now firing on all cylinders. The uh, 
man, all cylinders, the Rockies stink. But I will say before you, since you pause for a second, that we should not discount one run in three games against no. any major against any major league no. team, and they and they have some really good hitters, and they put yeah. up numbers not just to not just to Coors Field. They, uh, so anyway, that was that was quite impressive. Deal. We can get into it a little more between Darvish um, and Snell, especially uh, pitching so well on Tuesday and Musgrove yesterday. But that that was what you what the yeah. Padres wanted to see from those three guys, as you mentioned in the newsletter all along and and it was and we shouldn't discount it just because the Rockies are a bad team. It's a big deal. Right. So that's why, you know, we wrote about it and, and all that. It's a big deal. However, the Padres scored three runs yesterday and two runs the day before and they needed 10 innings to score the the, the two runs. And it's not like that, oh okay, well that's happening a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but here's the deal. When you got Fernando Tatis Jr., when you have Manny Machado at some point when he does actually get hot, um, like we've been promised, that's cool because there's going to be a lot of days where one of those guys carries you. And that's what, mm-hmm. man, that's what Fernando Tatis did yesterday. He came back. I believe there was probably an emotional uh, boost. And then of course, what he did on the field, it was, it, it was Fernando Tatis Jr.'s day. And there are lots of days like that throughout the season. And that's why you have awesome players. You have depth for when, you know, he gets COVID. You have Fernando Tatis Jr. when everyone else gets cold. Uh, and I just thought, man, this team is kind of amazing. And I was watching the old Padres play them, and then I'm watching the new Padres uh, play the old Padres, and it was uh, actually kind of kind of a lot of a fun. So, well, and and Machado's done that a couple times too. Yes, I mean, in terms yes. of carrying, you know, the other night with the big home run early, there was the game. I think it was was it in Colorado last week. We have a story that said, oh man, he's got to heat up, and and he heated up like an hour after the story was was posted because he was clearly paying attention, but. Uh, so there are, and there are nights where that, you know, Austin Nola had six RBIs in a, in a game the other day. So that, that's the idea though, is that you don't have to have one guy carry you and different guys at different times are going to do that. And, um, you know, they, they are still short one player, a, a big player. I mean, obviously, I mean, there, there are the, the outfield right now. I mean, you talk about only scoring a couple, you know, two runs and three runs and, and I, I even said to you yesterday at one point late in the game, I can't believe this is a two-run game because just the the, the energy in the building felt like it was a blowout because yeah. of Tatis and Musgrove and all that. But you you know you look up and it's the, the old bloop and a blast thing, and this game and the game could have been tied uh, at any moment. They do have the outfield right now, especially with Myers out, pretty much has two holes in it. Although I'm not if Profar is going to play out there regularly, you know I, I don't want to call that a hole, but. Tommy Pham right now is has after a pretty good stretch has gone back to being the Tommy Pham that we've seen here in San Diego over the past two years much more than the Tommy Pham that we we were promised that we that we were seeing and obviously without Myers they were you know Brian O'Grady seems like a nice enough player and occasionally he's going to get a, a a key hit or something but Brian O'Grady's not a guy that a team like this should have in the lineup every day uh, is the best way to put it so I think. When Myers comes back, now you've got an interesting situation with Profar and with Fam. Profar has not been good against left-handed pitchers this year, but he was last year. So is it just a small sample size yep. situation this year? But I mean, he has—he's just looked bad. It's been weird because last year he was so good um, against them. So we'll see. And that's something uh, you know. Someone tweeted at me yesterday: what, When are the Padres going to address the Tommy Fam situation? And I—I I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think you. My feeling is always you kind of give guys about a quarter of the season to see sort of where they are and everything. We've passed that point 
Right now, Fam at right at the quarter point looked like he was getting stuff together. Now he doesn't. Although the strikeout yesterday was not—that's not on Tommy Fam. That was on Trip Gibson because that pitch was not a strike. But still, he's not—you know—he's not doing a lot other than when they played the uh, the Cardinals. So I'd be curious, and we can talk about that more down the line. But there's going to come a point where you know, either they're going to, something's going to have to be done. He's going to have to play better. They're going to have to, to platoon out there. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, it's it's certainly something for us to think about. Yeah. Uh, so far it's all optimism and, and pointing yeah. to the things that, you know, pointing to the things that would point to that he might break out. I don't know how long that's going to happen and how, you know, how much uh, of the, you know, how much of they're trying to sell me or, or, or something like that. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm willing to believe it right now. Cause like you said, we just passed the quarter point, um, $9 million to him. He can be dangerous. There are good teams. Again, you're not counting on Tommy fam per se, you know, like a, a, a past Padres team or heck maybe even like we thought going into last year, you might mm-hmm. count on uh, Tommy fam. Uh, there are good teams that can weather this. And then suddenly you look up and this is, this guy's your September, October hero or something. So I, right. I don't know that we give up on Tommy fam just yet. I think maybe that's a, a mindset that, you know, can hold off a little bit, but it's not like it's out of the, you know, the realm of, of possibility here. The guy has not been good, and at some point, right. you 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 can't do you can't handle that anymore. Well, and it kind of and it kind of sticks out a little bit, and and you know, there's there's always going to be there's always going to be people, and I and I put myself in that category that are going to be looking for sort of you know not everything is rosy at at every time, and you're always going to be looking for okay where where can things get better, and I think obviously that's the one place right now where you would say there's a there's a hole on this team is sort of in left field you know you don't want to have profar out there every day in my opinion because you want profar to be the guy that can do a lot of things and go play first base sometimes go play second base sometimes go play right field when my you know you need a guy that's going to float around and and play different positions on different days come off the bench and get a big hit um, That's I, what I makes them good is having him do exactly, that. Exactly. To be able to do that, this team is better, yeah. I think, when Profar does not have to play every day. And not because he can't, but because, I, I guess I, what I should say is Profar doesn't have to play the same position yeah. every day is a better way to put that. Yes. Yes. This Hot Lava Padres podcast segment is brought to you by Jack Powell, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, located in Escondido and serving the San Diego community for over 60 years. It's springtime, and that makes everything more fun. And at Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Escondido, we find it fun saving you money during our Memorial Day sales event. Buy now and save with 0% APR financing for 72 months on new 2021 select make and models we have in stock. So if you need a new vehicle and another reason to smile and have fun, visit Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram online or in Escondido, San Diego, serving the San Diego community for over 60 years, where we make shopping easy. Well, should we talk about the pitching before we get into the Mariners here? Yeah, because I mean, I, I, I think we should. And, and talk about especially, I mean, Darvish the other night, I'm sure probably could have finished that yes. shutout. And in, and in other times um, of baseball history, he certainly would have been allowed to do that. But that's not the way things work these days. And and that's just how it is. And they he got his seven innings in. The game was over. And it was like, OK, why should we why should we pitch him anymore? He, he was fantastic. 
Blake Snell, what did what was that? <laughs> Blake Snell found the strike zone and and then he didn't lose it, right? Um, mm-hmm. We we had, we have a friend uh, Nick Canapo who used to say he had a clue, but he lost it. Eric <laughs> uh, <laughs> he died of loneliness. Died of loneliness. That was exactly. it. That was, he died of loneliness. Uh, so this was Blake Snell throwing his fastball and then throwing his other pitches, which are the pitches we've been talking about. And I'll tell you what, they were in the strike zone early, but then they weren't because right. they weren't supposed to be. Because now these guys are like, I got to be ready for this fastball. And that was Blake Snell, where you go, man, facing that guy must be really tough. Because, yeah. you know, earlier it was, hey, face that guy. You're like the kid in Little League. All right, I'll just wait for the walk. Um, <laughs> and so, wow, because there has not really, I'm not a pitching coach, but I would say there's not really been a time where his stuff hasn't been good this year. It's that. You didn't have to swing at his stuff. The stuff mm-hmm. that will beat you and have to let it beat you. And boom, just attacking. And even when the Rockies hit his fastball in the one inning where he got away with, what was it, three extra base hits in a row? Or was it just yeah. single and two of three, them? three. And again, Charlie yeah. Blackman saved. Charlie, Charlie Blackman, Blackman could with, with help from Trent Grisham. That was a great deke uh, that, that Grisham pulled on him. But you would think yes. Charlie Blackman would be a little bit smarter than that in that situation. But he wasn't, and it cost his team a run. Because Snell was able to, because it cost his team a run, because he they still had second and third, but Snell was able to get out of it uh, in that situation. And he just kept going back. Whereas before it was like this guy, and he basically he's admitted it. He was got in his head, and suddenly he was messing around, and he didn't mess around. And it sounds like so simple for a guy who's won the Cy Young Award, but I mean this is a hard game, and Mm -hmm. uh, you're playing really good players. And, you know, batters are in the batter's box that are making millions of dollars and are really good, too. And I don't know, it felt like it was snowballing a little bit. But, too, I noticed right away that Blake Snell never changed. Oh, wow, that's the Blake Snell we were promised. Mm -hmm. Um, So we keep saying that, but it's like they got all these good players and we're like, yeah. Uh, And that was that was Blake Snell. It was very, very impressive. Right. And now I'm just looking forward a little bit. We'll see him if, if things stand with the rotation the way it is. He would pitch the opener of the road trip in Milwaukee on Monday, and then he would pitch again in Houston over the weekend, probably on, I guess, on Saturday or Sunday, depending on how things work out with no off days. So um, start getting interesting here. It's yep. going to be a little interesting in terms of what they, um, in terms of what they do. So he could go either Saturday or or Sunday of next week in uh, in Houston. So that, and then he would be back here, I think, to pitch. His next start would probably come back here. But that's going to be interesting. Okay, now you're going to face the Brewers and you're going to face the Astros. Better teams, obviously, than the Rockies. Uh, but let's see if he did find something and if he can keep that that going. And then yesterday, Musgrove was just awesome. I mean, that was first couple was, innings were like, yeah, this this is one. This was one of those, right, Jay? Where you're like, oh yeah, this isn't just the guy pitching well. This is going to be a good game. Right, He's and I, get it done. And I was thinking, I mean, he he blew through those first eight hitters. I was even thinking about, okay, should I tweet the nine up, nine down thing uh, after three? Because it looked like it was that kind of a game where he was really he was really dominating. And then he gives up a, a 400-foot double to the pitcher, which, you know, Trent Grisham, I don't know if, he, if you want to say he should have caught it, could have caught it. He was playing so shallow, obviously, because of the pitcher. I don't think that was an easy play by any means. And then Musgrove turns around and retires, um, what was it, ten, ten, or, ten in a row, uh after that but he that was and i wasn't in texas obviously i watched that game but that looked like you know you talk about a pitcher has no hit stuff 
And yeah. especially this year where probably, I think anybody who steps on the mound uh, right now uh, <laughs> seems to have, looks like he could have no hit stuff, but, but that was no hit stuff yesterday. I mean, there were pitches that were, that were just on, you know, you, you look at pitches, sometimes you go, how does anybody ever hit that pitch? And he was throwing pitches like that yesterday. And, and, you know, I mean, heck, what do I know? But I thought that stuff was better than his Texas stuff. And then he confirmed it after the game. So uh-huh. whatever, six yeah. of one, half a dozen of the other, that dude was on yesterday. And here's the beauty of Joe Musgrove having all those pitches and them actually being good is early on, like they weren't touching the slider. He barely threw the slider at the end of the game, except mm-hmm. when he needed to, because the curve was so good and uh, barely threw the fastball, but when he did, it was a strike. And so these guys didn't know what to do. They're discombobulated. Uh, they just came out of this uh, shaking their head like, are we this bad or are the Padres <laughs> pitching this good? Because that, that's what it was. Uh, right. All those guys have – think about that. Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove, when they're all three on like that, if they were on like that in October, this is a team that goes deep in October. I mean, well, that, I just said that, a capital if, but that's yeah. what that is. And that's what the, obviously, I mean, it, that was the idea in the offseason of getting those three guys. Um, those are the three guys that you want leading off a series in October because they'll, uh, if, if they can pitch like that, they're going to, you know, they can beat anybody. And and that's where you want. So now as we go, and and again, before I move quick quickly on, the bullpen continues to be, <laughs> incredible no matter who goes out there Chris Matt the other night uh, Melanson whenever uh, Austin Adams Pagan was Pagan was really good Better, yeah. the other night Craig Stammen has been tremendous um, I think Sorry, it's who? Ten, <laughs> 10 straight scoreless outings covering 12 innings uh, you know he's he's been amazing mm-hmm. and um, you know they don't I mean they're doing this now I mean Drew Pomerantz was considered probably the second best reliever in the bullpen and he's not even around right now. And, um, you know, they're, they're still just cruising along. So now we go forward and the rotation obviously changes. You're sort of, there's that line there between the top three and Chris Paddock now pitches uh, tomorrow night. uh, As we take this on Thursday, he pitches Friday against Seattle coming off two straight good outings. Uh, One was three innings. One was four innings. Do you think Paddock is on? Is has found something at this point? And we should point out they're facing a Mariners team that's been no hit twice in the last two weeks and has a team batting average that is actually below the Mendoza line. I believe it's one ninety nine. Uh, it makes me want point. to cry. So it's we terrible. don't right. So whatever happens, again, it's one of those. Okay, they're facing a bad offense. But what do we what do we think we we are seeing in Chris Paddock right now? You remember how the Padres stunk? And every once in a while, they'd put up like 15 runs or something. It happens, all right? It's a major league team. So, Chris Paddock found his confidence, found his confidence in his fastball. That makes the change up better. And I do believe, finally, he's been lying to us for a couple of years that he had confidence in the curve. He's basically said it. He has said, like, I, like I, I, it's real now. I have real confidence in it. You know, where, oh, so uh, <laughs> uh, the curve is, it's not great, but it's a pitch that, He'll throw when a guy's not expecting it. That's nice. And then it's a pitch he'll actually even try to throw to get a strike. And I that, that is showing you that he believes that it's turning into a real pitch. So there's that. That's great. Um, there, there it is. I mean, it's pretty simple. The guy's pretty in your face as a pitcher 
Mm -hmm. uh, because that fastball has serious life to it. Like I, it's one of those I'd love to, to stand in against to just really see what that looks like. I will never do it. Not even if I'm invited, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's, I have healthy respect, uh, but that's where he's at. And then I think on Sunday, look, uh, both, uh, or I'm sorry, Saturday, Saturday, both Ryan Weathers and Denelson Lament threw yesterday. And that just indicates that's what happened last time. That indicates, even though Jay Singler won't say it, God knows why they're probably going to go on uh, Saturday. Things could change, I guess. I, I should, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe they have some other plans and, and, and who knows. And look to their defense, so many bizarre things have happened to them this year <laughs> that uh, they, they just don't want to get tied down into something and they want to have flexibility. So, and then you're looking at you Darvish on uh, what still five days rest. And that's why I say it's going to get interesting because there are no off days again right. through this road trip, another homestand. And then Jay, I think I'm correct. Another road trip. No, that there's no, there's this a long day. road trip coming up. There's the long road trip. Um, day off after the next homestand. Yeah. Three with Seattle, four with Milwaukee, three with Houston, three with Chicago, come home, no off day, four with the Mets, three Gosh. with the, three with the Cubs and then an off day to, uh, to, to fly across the country to, play the Mets and then Denver, but then again, it's one, two, six, and it's 13 straight after that. So we're looking at 33 games in 34 days, barring, barring weather, uh, weather situations. And, and we're not going to have any weather situations the next week because you're going to Milwaukee and Houston. Uh, so there's not going to be any problems there, but this is a long, a long stretch coming up and not going to have too many chances to, to give guys five days Long stretch with a lot of travel. Right. Let me tell you, no, uh, you play on Sunday. Yeah, it's a day game. You go to Milwaukee, you go to Houston, you go to Chicago, you play. Yes, it's a day game. You come home the next day, and I haven't lined it up, but you're facing some good pitcher probably. Uh, yeah. I, who knows what their health situation will be at that point, but you're facing the Mets. So uh, maybe it'll be Joey Lucchese. That's right. Yeah. But he could only he's only going to pitch one at the most, so don't get too uh, don't get too excited with that. But I I do think you know the weather's lament um, sort of piggyback thing. It seems like it can work for a while, uh, as you've said before. Don't know if it's sustainable. Although if you're going to get six or seven every time out of the top guys, then maybe it is. But like, you almost you've got to carry if you're going to do that with those two guys not pitching on any other days and we don't know if Lamette could pitch on other days or if they're doing this because they have to, or they want to basically um, you're kind of you've almost committed to having to carry 14 pitchers at that point. Uh, if you're going to have six, if you're going to have six starters. So um, at least it seems that way, the way the, the game works uh, these days, but that leaves you with a pretty thin bench um, most days and, and only four, uh, four guys on the bench and, and one of them is always the backup catcher. So it's something to weigh it when they're deciding that, but Hey, who knows? Maybe Ryan Weathers gets lengthened to the point where he, he can start pitching five or six. Although, as you said before, every time I say that, I think back to the idea that he's not going to be able to do that all year long. They're not going to have Ryan Weathers pitch 150 innings. Though I wonder if they'll season. take that, right? Like they, yeah. I don't, you don't, I don't know. know. I mean, do you want to shut this guy down in August? I, yeah. On the other hand, what they're doing right now has him on course for that because what they're doing right now is he's a five, six inning guy and that's going to build up pretty quickly. So yeah. 
You do right. have the all-star break. You rest him right before that. You rest him after that like you did Chris Paddock back in 2019. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of things they can do, and obviously they're thinking it. They sure would like for that Mackenzie Gore kid uh, to right. start going longer than three innings in uh, El Paso um, and, and and show, but can't count and, on that. And look at Miguel. Look at what Miguel Diaz has done. I mean, we talked about it, I think, the last time, and don't know how long that can last, but as we've said before, he's got incredible stuff, and if he's put it together, that's another guy that you can count on uh, to be sort of part of a piggyback situation or to bail you out. If uh, if any of those starters, you know, have to come out in the second or third inning or something, uh, something like that. I mean, we're we're not going to see what we're not going to see what we saw the last three days every, you know, every time those guys go out there. Consider that like a if you start to even see a run of that, like if you see it for a couple weeks or something, that's just brilliant pitching. Uh, that that's amazing. Uh, Miguel Diaz is one of my favorite guys for a lot of reasons. Nice kid. The stuff is just unreal. Uh, the fact that he's harnessed it is amazing. Uh, it's one of those guys who had to stick around on the major league roster um, because yeah. uh, rule five, if he were actually to become a contributor to this team, it's like, how rarely does that work out like that? No, <laughs> I know. You know, you, you're, you're just throwing the dice and hoping for a 12, uh, you know, and oh my gosh, you got it. Uh, <laughs> if if uh, Miguel Diaz, sorry, I got craps on my mind. Um, so Jay, the Mariner, should we talk about him? Chris Flexen will play Chris or will pitch against Chris Paddock tomorrow. Justice Sheffield and uh, on Saturday, because mm-hmm. they announced their starters and mm-hmm. Yusei Kikuchi going against what we presume is virtually positive it's going to be you Darvish. So that's a big day. Big day, you say Kikuchi and you Darvish. That's right. That's right. That big, the game could get big ratings in Japan. Um, How's our Japan edition? That's right. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to get that out. It'll be, it'll be, they'll be pitching on Monday in Japan. That'll, that would really mess us up. But uh, no, I mean, the Mariners, I mean, they are, they got off to a pretty good start. They won. They were doing better than most people thought. They've dropped off now. I think they're 21 and 23. Um, yes. if I remember that correctly and, um, you know, their offense has been, has been dreadful. Uh, the, the, they have three, what, three guys from the trade that were everyday players, <clears throat> regular players, but, uh, Luis Torrens has been not good. Uh, Taylor Trammell was not good, got sent down. He's raking at Tacoma. His OPS down there is like, uh, 1.75 or something absurd, <laughs> uh, something absurd like that. The funny thing is when he was here or when he was in Seattle, he hit 157, but four of his 12 hits were home runs. Um, and he's been hitting home runs in the minors as well. But again, he's another guy. And then Ty France is, you know, not, uh, he was good last last year after the trade. I think he was pretty good. Has not been, uh, he's on the uh, IL very now. much now and he's hurt and he's not going to play this that. week. Right. He's not going to play this weekend. Um, so that's not, uh, uh, and then obviously Munoz was the other guy. Um, and the Padres did pretty well getting Austin Nola out of that, getting Austin Adams, uh, who, you know, we've raved about before and the invisible Dan Altavilla was the third guy in that, uh, uh, in that trade. I watch Austin Adams pitch and I think, how did anyone let this guy go? Like, this is not surprise stuff. I mean, how badly did you want Taylor Trammell and Ty France? Right, right. That was, yeah, that was uh, bizarre. We, I, I do see one thing before we go, a guy I haven't mentioned in a while and who I know you know, Matt Strong. Any update? He is, uh, I believe, throwing off a mound. He is 
you know, it's, it's one good day and, and, or two good days and, and a bad day. Uh, and that's not like, Oh, a setback. It's that, you know, he had this surgery in 2017, actually when he was traded, he had just had it. Right. And then wasn't full strength all of the 2018 season. So I think maybe there was an ambitious timeline, right. And this is going to be more like a middle of the summer type thing where Matt Strom comes in and is providing you the, you know, inning or mm-hmm. two innings at a time. Uh, and if he can even pitch like he did in 2018, where it's like, he never goes back to back days uh, and all that, uh, that would be a real nice infusion for the bullpen. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, Kevin, we've got a big, big weekend against the, uh, the Mariners and then you are off to, uh, to Milwaukee on Sunday, obviously. One of the longest trips of the year, not the longest, but one of them. And uh, I'm, well, I'm very, I, I enjoy all of those venues, in particular the last one, mm-hmm. Wrigley Field. Did not do you any favors on the scheduling by having you go from Milwaukee to Houston and back up to Chicago. That's, uh, that's really something that uh, Milwaukee and Chicago are an hour and a half apart or whatever it is. But uh, you, can wave, you can wave to Wrigley as you fly, uh, as you <laughs> fly, fly over it on the way to Houston. Uh, this is one of those where when the, this is one of those trips where with the blend of the year, the players, one of the players inevitably will be uh, either say, tell me I look like crap or uh, or they are complaining about their travel. And I'm like, you, <laughs> you know, look, look, I don't fly from Milwaukee to Houston. I fly from Milwaukee to Nashville to Houston. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't and you don't do it in uh, quite the comfort that they uh, that they no, have. I, or with the service they have. But anyway, (laughs) safe travels to Milwaukee, and we will talk to you from there on Monday, and we hope everyone has a great weekend. Thank you.